Hello, 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 friends, and welcome to the She Finds Joy podcast, where we reclaim the super shiny lights that burn in each of us. I'm Kim Strobel, your truth-telling, real-talk happiness coach who believes in the power of showing up as our flossom selves, even and especially, my friends, when it comes to working through our hard stuff. After all, when we're playing in our arenas of bigness, life gets better as we get bolder. So buckle up for the no BS, zero fluff advice that gives you the small steps for big joy. One of the best things about She Finds Joy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other women who are creating more joy in their lives, just like you. You can find us at kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. All right, let's dive in to today's episode. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, and I'm excited to have Laura Wagner on the show today. Laura is a licensed psychotherapist, life coach, and fitness professional. She's essentially a personal development blonde bombshell. Let me just tell you, she is beautifully blonde on a mission to inspire and teach women how to empower their minds and bodies and create an extraordinary life. Whether she's working with her one-on-one coaching clients, teaching online courses, or coaching people to move their bodies and blow their minds through group exercise and personal training, Laura brings her vibrant energy and contagious motivation anywhere she lands in life. She is also a writer and speaker and at the age 46 was discovered and signed as a fashion model for a regional talent agency. Once again, proving her proclamation that it's never too late, you're never too old, and nothing is ever too good to be true. Welcome, 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 Miss Laura Wagner to the show. Thank you so much for that introduction. I wrote it for myself, which is awesome, but when I hear it and somebody else says it and they say it with such you know, truth about, yes, you are that person, it just, it feels really good. And I was thinking the whole time, I was like, wow, I would totally hire me. (laughs) Yes, right. And isn't it great that we don't have, like, you don't have to downplay your shine. And sometimes we forget, don't we, as women, especially, we forget to give ourselves credit for all the good stuff that we have done. We Mm -hmm. always kind of look at everything that we haven't accomplished or we haven't been able to do yet. And I think it's important to look back and be like, I've done some great things in my life. Yeah, absolutely. I always say I'm on a morning news show here sometimes and they like for me to break down uh, coaching, wellness, mental health concepts and and, um, ways of working through your life in sound bites. So I'm like, wow, I have to talk about something really meaningful in 20 seconds. So I like to say progress versus perfection um, to look back and say, what did I do? do today, like you said, versus what didn't I do, or even go further back than that and realize all that you've done. And and that it doesn't have to be, you know, a a mountain of stuff. One move forward is 
is enough. You're enough. No. Yeah, I agree. So, okay. I want to, we're going to back up, but what exactly is a psychotherapist? Well, I use that as a general term for someone that is a mental health counselor that um, I am, my designation in Kentucky is LMFT, which means licensed marriage and family therapist. I see individuals, of course. I don't think of myself as much, I take all my therapeutic training and apply it to my coaching, but I really help people more in that coaching, what we say, that forward-moving, goal-oriented. But I think therapists also look at the past to see, like, why is this person where they are right now? So if you could also be an LPCC, which is a professional clinical counselor, a PhD. So that's just sort of an all-encompassing, like, hey, I work with people on okay. mental health. So. Yeah, it's grounded for me, you know, and I went to school and I'm licensed in the state of Kentucky and I studied a lot of, you know, theories and I have, you know, oh my gosh, my practicum was like 3000 hours in a counseling oh, center. Wow. So working with people, a lot of times, not always in crisis, some people come to counseling or therapy to work on their lives and in more of a coaching way, but um, yeah. Yeah, I've kind of more program oriented with my coaching. It's a process versus a, oh, session, session. I like session. that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you and I are going to talk about this topic that is like at the forefront right now for women, which is anxiety, mm -hmm. overwhelmment, depression. Um, and we both kind of have our personal stories around that topic, but I would love if you would kind of share yours with my audience because sometimes when we see someone who is a therapist or knocking it out of the ballpark like you are in so many areas of your life um we we tend to sit back and be like well i just wish i could be her like she just has so many great things going for her i know for me personally when i stand on a stage and i'm in the 400 dress and the kick-ass heels and i'm completely um made up that for a little bit, people are like, oh my gosh, I just want to be her. Like she does this incredible life. And then I back the story up and I start to share my struggle with panic disorder and anxiety. And it's like, it's such a like aha moment for my audience to understand that I'm both of those people. So I would love to hear your story and your journey through all that you've kind of endured on this path and how you now deal with it all. Yeah. I love what you just said, because just the other day, I um, had an opportunity to be a panelist at an event for a woman's magazine, like a Valentine's Day celebration. And they had um, several women come as motivational speakers and um, not just coaches, but from all walks of life. And so I'm in the sequin pink dress and I, I had my hairstylist and makeup artist. I was like, let's do the makeup because when I show up for those things, it makes me feel really powerful. And I love, you know, I used to say, oh, you can't wear something like that to something like that, you know, but I was like, I just do what I want. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's how I showed up. But I am cognizant like you are that when people see me on that stage, that it's like, oh my gosh, what a powerhouse. And, you know, she's yep. got the, and like you said, I do have a lot of, um, powerful thing. I, I am powerful and, um, I'm confident and I own everything I am and I do, but I also made the point to tell them you're asking kind of for background, uh, a brief telling of this is also where I've been and where I am now, where I still work on these things. It's, it's always a practice. I say 
like we so we say coaching practice or therapy practices because we're helping people like learn skills and and we're practicing too how to live a better life but i told the audience um because uh the mc said where was you know you said you transformed your life about 10 years ago you got to tell us about that and i'd say 10 years ago maybe it's more than that actually kim was um a time in my life i've always since a little i was a little girl have had panic attacks i'm just that highly sensitive intuitive woman kid that i just felt like i wasn't like other people but i was it's just you know my heart and and all of that just how i take in life physically and mentally so i started struggling with that when i was a little girl i remember not knowing what was going on when i had a pet when you're 10 and that happens and your heart's beating and you feel sick to your stomach you know that was yeah. just crazy so kind of you know that was in the 80s kind of moved forward and just managed myself and didn't have too many issues with depression or anxiety i mean i'd say i was an anxious person um, and I had some counseling off and on in college, but the pivotal turning point in my life was we decided to have a second child around 2006 after my daughter, Grace, who um, or actually was around 2003, Grace is 19. So I had a perfectly normal pregnancy for, you know, nine pound, big old baby, <laughs> no problem getting pregnant. But what happened after I had her was I got pregnant and I had a loss. I had a miscarriage, which for any woman, that's such a tragic and lonely loss. It's not something we talk about a lot, but I continued to, I had another one. And within two years I had four miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And throughout all that, I was, of course, getting help from doctors, but that was the first time I learned that doctors, you know, they know their stuff, but I'm like, wow, they're kind of guessing what's going on too. Like they were sending me to different doctors and, you know, the heaviness of that and my hormones, um, I really struggle with anxiety and depression because sometimes I'll negate that and be like, oh, lots of women have had that happen, miscarriages. But I was like, that was trauma. Mm -hmm. That was a loss of what to me in my mind at that time was I was going to give birth to a little human being. And what that does to you to, to walk through that and the ups and downs um, and being so careful in life, it really takes a toll on the mind. And I didn't know the things you and I know now right. about how to manage your mind. Yes. So I got some, we adopted a beautiful baby boy through that at the end of that journey. And it was a miracle. And I had a beautiful realization about myself that really changed me that my husband and I walking through that and my resilience and strength that I didn't really know I had at that time. I sat on the plane with my son. I remember he was born in Hawaii, 16 hour flight. And I just had this movie moment where I was like, I can do anything. Mm. This is a miracle. I'm holding this little dark haired, tiny eight pound boy. And because I told myself, because I was so sensitive, because I got depressed or anxious, I was like, you're not strong enough to handle this. Right. This, will, this will break you. But it didn't. Um, and I, I moved on. I'm high achieving. And I kind of started going through waves after he was born of depressed, depressive episodes. Um, okay. and I think it was, you know, it's to me, it's about your chemistry and your brain. It's also about what's happening in your life and stress. And, um, you know, I, I just had times when I got into some really deep darkness because maybe I was overwhelmed. There were triggers 
And um, I worked with my psychiatrist and my own therapist to get through some really tough times. And people who, and maybe you, you know, could say something about this too. Depression is just not something that you can climb out of. And mm -hmm. it's not sadness all the time either. That's a facet of it, but it can be that flat feeling mm -hmm. of, I don't know that, I, what do I feel? I don't really feel anything. It's like an emptiness and that is devastating. So, you know, I've worked through those things. And sometimes I think about that time, probably in the, after my son was born in 2008, I'd say that was around 2011 or 12. I think what caught up with me maybe was going through all of those events mm -hmm. and my body changing and hormonally. Mm -hmm. um, I can't say that for sure, but I think, you know, I was doing the best I could and putting one foot in front of the other. And I think sometimes it just settles into your life. Yeah. And I just kept going, kept going and raised right. this baby. This is my second master's degree. I mean, and I love that about me, but it's, it's a lot and I have a hard time slowing down. Yes. So you know, that's interesting because, you know, for me, I was that very anxious child too. I mean, when I was in the fifth grade, I didn't want to go to Disney world with my family because what if my brothers got lost? And mm -hmm. before that, if we were playing in the neighborhood and I couldn't find my brothers, I was convinced that they were gone and we would never find them. And then in middle school, if my dad wasn't home by six o'clock sharp, I was convinced he had died in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And so like, I really, not only did I have this really feeling personality, actually, I read an article not too long ago about being an empath and that even normalized me, Laura, to feel like there's nothing wrong that I'm right. a feeling person. Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, I have all of these emotions. There's nothing wrong with that because I also felt wrong about being that person, being the very emotional person who can be very affected from a commercial that has, like, I can't even watch a commercial that has an animal that's been abused. I, yes, I tell I my, you know, don't tell me, I don't want to hear it. Like I'm highly affected by all of that. And then when mine turned into full-fledged panic disorder at like age 16, we certainly had no idea. I was misdiagnosed with low blood sugar and some kind of wow. seizure disorder and I wasn't treated properly. And, and then my confidence just come, I just completely felt flawed and uh, incapable and just terrible. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I couldn't function like other people were. Um, and one of the things that I've learned now is that um, I am no less of a person because I have these vulnerabilities and so it's kind of like what you said. I actually have an affirmation right now because one of the ways that Kim Strobel has dealt with her weaknesses is by like becoming this supercharged, powerful, badass woman who works her ass off and chases her dreams and goes after what she wants. But what I've begun to realize is while that's a great attribute that I have, there is a secondary gain that I get from that, which is to squash down my weaknesses and never, ever let them come to the forefront because there's some part of me that was still ashamed of those weaknesses. And so my affirmation, one of my 10 that I write every day is I am honoring the lioness in me who is fierce and incredibly strong while also loving and accepting my vulnerabilities. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. I'm worried I'm going to cry on this podcast, but I shouldn't worry about that. No, I know. But it's like, you know, can I not 
be both of those? Can I not be the badass who steps mm-hmm. on the stage, but also maybe going to Walmart last week was really hard for me and doesn't make me any less of a person because I have these vulnerabilities. Right. I mean, that's like the whole, I love the Brene Brown, um, you know, during greatly social worker that did all this research on shame and vulnerability. She says, you know, when you show up, like you were saying, as the powerful woman, but you also allow those parts of you that you determine to be weaknesses come to the forefront and it encompasses all that you are. And that's beautiful. And, um, that's being in the arena. She says, you're not up in the seats watching and saying, well, you know, I'd want to offer myself up to people, but I want to hide this part of me. Um, you're, you're in it and showing up, showing other people who you really are, but like allowing yourself to be that whole person because it takes a lot of energy to push that away and embrace that powerhouse part all the time. It does. And I Mm -hmm. actually was, I was um, inhibiting my ability to heal from panic disorder by constantly. So when I have a panic attack, when one comes on, I immediately with the strongest resistance possible, push it away. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) which makes it come on even stronger Right. And so part of my healing process has been really to let it be there to say, this is a part of you that struggles and let it come and let it be there and know you're going to be okay, but let it come. And I actually think the more that I do that, the more I kind of heal my brain circuitry around panic disorder. Right. You know, yeah. now I, I want to know what a panic attack feels like to you. And then I'm going to tell you what mine are like. Oh, so, I mean, that's kind of on the continuum of, you know, my story is, you know, I'd have depressive episodes, but there was like you also anxiety. You can get anxious about, oh my gosh, what's today going to be like? Am I going to feel good or not? Um, So it's kind of riding waves of that for me. Um, As time has gone on, you know, I've built a beautiful life. A couple of years ago, I had some stuff go on business-wise and family-wise that were extraordinarily stressful. Like, kind of devastating. Like we're still here and life is beautiful, but it just, the toll that it took on me. And I I went into a, a depression, a clinical depression. I showed up for life and I I moved forward. Um, You know, I wasn't, it wasn't necessarily to hospitalize me and never wanted to end my life or anything, but it was just a steady hum of depression, having a really hard time doing things but there was an anxiety that came with that too. And it's like you said, I started to think my daughter would leave to go study at the coffee shop. And I was like, she's going to die mm-hmm. on a Tuesday night at 830. Mm-hmm. Completely unreasonable, bawling, sobbing. So for me, I, I feel that come up and it's really physical. I always feel it in my chest. And, um, you know, I just, I, my language starts to become, I start talking really rapidly Um, I just kind of pace around. I want to be alone, but I want somebody to take care of me. It's it's so overwhelming. And I'm like, it feels endless. And the other thing I was doing, you were saying the fear of driving to Walmart. I, during that time had, which this has never happened with me before, Kim. Um, I mean, I've been an anxious person and sometimes an anxious driver, I got modeling jobs some, when, sometimes where I'd have to go to regional sites for 
for awesome projects. And so I'd have to drive there. So I live in Louisville, I go to Cincinnati or Lexington, about an hour, hour and a half. I was petrified to drive on the interstate, sometimes anywhere around my city. I was afraid. It wasn't so much either, and I don't know if you experienced this, it wasn't the fear of other people doing something to me. It was a fear of my loss of control or doing something wrong or what if I run into a wall or, or what if a truck gets too close to me and I get too scared. I mean, all of these unreasonable. So I'm sweating sometimes. Mm. Um, heart rate goes up. I'm sure that has not helped my recent <laughs> high blood pressure diagnosis. Right. And um, that's kind of brought me to where before you and I started, what I said, you know, you said, how are you? And, and I'm always open and honest with people. I'm like, it's a pretty good day, but I've been going through some stuff. And I recently have just walked into 2020 with some health issues that have were a surprise and some that were not, but have progressed. And I really have to work on my mind and my life. So one was high blood pressure, which part of it is genetic, but another part of me was like, let's look at how you're living and see what might be contributing to this. So like I said, I'm like you, the powerhouse, do, go, write, speak, but it goes really fast sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes it's never enough. Yes. And what I think is, is good enough is another, if this is good enough to me, another person is like up They're like, that for me would be up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there was that. And then I have knee osteoarthritis, and I started having some hip problems as well, and it all kind of feeds into each other. And it started out as mild arthritis about, you know, when I was 35, and it's degenerative. Mm -hmm. So it's going to progress. There is no cure for it. You would ultimately need, and I will, bilateral knee replacement. But I think I thought when I got really physically fit and really embraced fitness, I love it so much and the body and what it can do. I told my husband, I was like, there's some magical thinking that I had and it's not bad, but I thought I'm going to stop this. Right. It'll stay where it is, but I, I am going to be powerful and I'm not, it's not going to get worse. I'm not going to be the one that is going down. But what has happened this year, and this is where I almost feel weaky, but I'm going to hold it together is yeah. I have moved to the next stage of the disease oh. and my body is feeling it. And I'm with, I was with my physical therapist today. I've seen my um, orthopedist. I have chiropractor. I have, a, I always say it's Laura Wagner's allied health care team. <laughs> yes. Yes. And at 46, so, you're dealing with some of these kind of major oh. body and medical issues that are bringing you down. So I have been very resilient as I've told you, like sometimes I'll tell my husband, like, why am I so happy sometimes? Cause this sucks. Right. Um, chronic pain is very mentally wearing. Mm -hmm. It is always a hum in the background of your life. It's a three Sundays and Sundays it's a seven and you're always negotiating with your body about what you can and can't do. Mm -hmm. I'm an active person to the point where I would, I always say, but it's not a joke. I'm a middle-aged athlete. Yes. And I'm doing Tabatas and burpees and, and, you know, big time fast things, but I cross train too. And today because of where I'm at, I'm trying to figure out how to stabilize things. I was walking in the water at the therapy pool and everybody there was 30 years older than me. Yes. <laughs> so where the, you know, and I'm working really hard 
but try not to work hard because it stresses me out to be with the pain. I'm worried I'll get depressed or anxious because when they tell you that there's something that you can't fix, mm-hmm. yes. that it has to be dealt with by removing parts that you were not born with. And you have to wait until you're, you get to a certain level before a physician will do that. Cause I'm very young to be going through this. Yeah. Yeah. And when I think uh, it's funny because I'm a big fitness person too, par- partly because I think that knowing the way the chemicals in my brain already work for me, my ability to work out is one of my core strategies for keeping my mental well-being strong. And, um, so it's funny that you bring this up because I think it's normal for us to be freaked out about these things. I was actually at the chiropractor this morning because I've been having this shoulder issue and I'm not going to lie. Like I'm starting to get really anxious about it because it's gone on for a year. It's impeding my sleep. And then last week it started hurting even during the day. And this morning when he said, well, I think it's from running, not that we are, t- but you know, I'm like, I feel like if I lose my ability to run, like you might as well just take me to the psychiatric hospital and check me in. Um, And so I think these things that you were talking about are very normal for us to feel, but people like us with this over anxious brain and knowing there are certain kind of non-negotiables in our life that keep us healthy um, from a mental standpoint, it can kind of rock your infrastructure. It's not lost on me at all that I, in my, um, you know, philosophy and mission of helping the women I serve, they often come to me with the um, want is I want to lose weight or, you know, I can't stand my body or, or I want to commit to being a person that that works out. But they also know what I'm doing is something much broader than I don't do diets or any of that kind of stuff is an all encompassing. Let's look at your whole life. So yes. there, there, I'm very clear. I'm like, you're not picking me because I'm going to like write a training workout for you. I mean, I know about those things and I'm certified, but it's really about like what's going on up here. How do you become devoted to the body, which is such a loving way to look at it. So I'm like, I can't believe this is happening and this is part of my work and I am struggling deeply with this at times. And, but I'm trying to work through like feeling the pain of that, but also telling myself uh, that I think helps propel me forward. This is not a, it is a loss and grieving, but it's also the arrival of something Mm -hmm. in my life that I don't understand all the way. And then I'm trying to let it unfold and figure out. And it's also not lost on me that the things I can do fitness wise are very mindful, mm. uh, slow, but still powerful. So Pilates yes. on the reformer, walking or jogging in the water, a lot of upper body stuff. I told my friend Jeff, who's also been my trainer, I was like, I could compete in a competition with what this upper body is going to look like. <laughs> yes, right. And it is about shifting that perspective. And you're, you're, so, you're so right about that, you know. But I also do wonder, I think for, so I had the worst relapse in 20 years. 20 years of panic disorder in the fall of 2018. Um, so I've always like had a struggle, but I mean, I've, I've coped in a very healthy way for years. And in September of 2018, I had the worst panic attack I had had. 
in like 25 years. And it kind of took me almost all the way back to step one where I felt uncomfortable being alone at my house. I felt uncomfortable driving five minutes to the gym. And I was a little bit like, oh my gosh, I have finally created this dream business. I drive to Louisville, I get on planes, I fly across the country, and and I am right in the middle of launching my happiness coaching business and creating my first ever online happiness course, and you do this to me? Yeah. Like, I was like, the happiness coach is writing the happiness curriculum, and all the time, she's the most unhappy she's been in her you know, in the last 25 years. And so there was this part of me that was resisting it and was really pissed off and saying, you know, God, I, I've done this hard thing for so long. Like, why are you having me go through this big challenge again? And I will still tell you, I, I mean, I, I, I wish I would never have another panic attack again, but I also think how interesting is it that the happiness coach was placed right back to that area of struggle while she was creating this program for others who are struggling. And um, I felt you get a little emotional there. So now I'm not afraid. <laughs> yeah. But um, I feel exactly the same way because what this has led me to, because I, I told my husband this morning, I said, you know, that my physical therapist and I are going so slowly. She's like, everything you try is going to have to be, how do I feel? How do I feel? And I'm just like, I don't know how long I can stay buoyant. Mm -hmm. Like, what if my mind betrays me yes. and, I, and I can't do it? Yes. Like, I can't stay with myself. So, but what I learned, I was like, okay, so the movement coach with all of her, you know, my process for, you know, bringing, you know, fitness into your life. But, you know, I'm so much about what that does for the power of your whole life and your mind. And I discovered with my own life coach that I've been working with, um, who told me one day recently, she said, I want you to spend a little bit of time, 15 minutes, 50 words, writing every day, because your writing is so beautiful and it's so impactful mm. on people. And you tell these stories and these perspectives on life that are such a gift and I, my goal for, and I'm going to say it out loud on a podcast because I've wanted to write a book that you hold in your hands <laughs> since I was eight years old. Oh. And, um, I'm, I'm going to write a, a tiny book. I actually went to a workshop a couple of years ago called writing the tiny book, which is like, it could be 50 pages and getting it self-published and printed. But I wasn't feeling a spark with that. I, I wanted to take all my blogs and stuff. And I was like, well, that's great. But I, I know now what I'm supposed to talk about. Yeah. You, and, you're in the muck of it. And I am, I, I don't exactly what the theme of it is overall, but I'm telling stories and writing them about what it feels like to live with this every day. And this is a middle-aged woman walking into my forties, not seeing muscles or being able to have the endurance of, Hey, do you want to jump rope through all these intervals and not rest? I was like, bring it on. And yes. now going into my fifties in a couple of years, it's a whole other pace in an unknown world that I am so afraid of, but open to. And, you know, I, I am, a, it helps me with my fear of going into a dark place and the panic, um, to, to 
that, so, you know, a strategy for helping people for me, I tell my clients all the time. I don't know if you do. I'm like, you need to write, write a gratitude list, write down. You oh, know, yes. My oh, yes. Depressed. I'm like, write me a time journal of what your day is like so we can look for patterns. And so writing for me and telling these stories is really a, um, it, it's really like an embrace for through all of this stuff that feels like everything's scattering. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah, when I look back at it too, I, I actually know and see, cause I'm still working on healing this in my own life, but the layer of Kim that was still refusing to accept my vulnerability was not contributing to an overall healing. And I think to myself, is that another silent gift of this trauma, this struggle in my life is that it has made me go back and do more work on myself because I really had some junk in my trunk that I had been shoving away by my ability to overproduce, overwork, and overachieve. And so I think that there's just divine intervention there. And is there another story that we can tell ourselves that is also true about this moment? Um, but I also love your vulnerability because honestly, that is the number one thing that I want this podcast to be is real. And so like when we read your bio and it's just like the, the ladies listening, I know sometimes they're just like, I'm never going to be that woman. Like she look at all these crazy things that she's done. And then for you to roll us all the way back and say, Hey, I'm kind of in the middle of some darkness and dismay right now. I think it speaks a level of truth that our audiences need to hear and understand about us and, and who we are also as women. Yeah. And I think one thing I want to tell people too, um, you know, people who do our kind of work about happiness and an expansive life, we will say things like find the gift in what the adversity is. And that can sound so vapid and like throwaway, like, yeah, 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 live your best life. But I'm like, no, that is one of the most important kinds of work that you can do when you are faced with adversity that um, you really don't know how it's going to unfold. I mean, you have some ideas, but you know, your day to day, everything right now is changing. And um, it is a real challenge. But, you know, things like this, talking with someone like you, and by the way, this is like one of the most beautiful conversations I've ever had. <laughs> but, you know, talking about it, um, you know, I tell people to be metacognitive about themselves, which just means hover above yourself and kind of without judgment, watch what you're doing. So like today I'm in the pool and I'm, I'm talking to the 78 year old man who's telling me about his knees. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, God, this is so sad. And I was like, here I go again. I was like, no, look at you in here doing the work. Yes. Yes. And you, and you are, you're, you're, I love what you said when you said you're standing, basically you're standing in the resiliency of who La Laura Wagner is today, mm -hmm. which means you're in the struggle, you, you have a lot of unknowns, but you're also so connected to that like inner part of you, even if your mind betrays you at times or your body is betraying you, there's like that divine soul that is in you that you're aware of. And it's like I tell people, I, I don't know if you saw my post a few weeks ago, but when I was 
sometimes I worry that I tell the same stories. I'm like, did I tell this on last week's podcast? I, I can't remember. They're worth telling again and again. Yeah, I think you need different. to hear it personally because I, back when I was like 20 years old, I was going to a psychologist. I was getting cognitive behavior therapy for my panic disorder. And my homework was to go to Walmart and to touch the very back wall of Walmart. Hmm. And I literally, like just driving five minutes to Walmart was just overwhelming to me. And then to think that I had to go in the store and touch the back wall, but I did it. I did the exposure therapy. And so I told her, because I started going back to her 20 years later, a couple of months ago to have some EMDR on this reoccurring panic stuff that I was dealing with. And I went to Walmart two weeks ago, Laura, and I told myself that I'm going to go back and I'm going to touch that spot again. And I took a picture of my finger touching the spot that the 20 year old woman touched all those years ago, 25 years ago. And I said to myself, yes, I didn't think that at age 45, almost 46, that I would ever be going through what I've gone through again in the last year and a half. Like I would never want to know that it was going to get that dark again. But when I placed my finger on the wall, I said, but I am not that 20 year old girl. Like I might've gone through this, but I am different at the core of who I am. So the woman touching that wall today, she might still have some of the struggles, but she has a set of tools and strategies where she has rebuilt herself time and time again that that 20 year old woman did not have. And so I touched it with like acknowledgement that maybe I didn't expect to be here experiencing this again, but that I am not that woman. I am such a more stronger, resilient, self-made woman who is fully capable of enduring the struggle and getting through it once again. I mean, I, you and I are just, we should be twin sisters that just didn't find each other until now. (laughs) We live an hour and a half away from each other. It's craziness. Well, we'll meet up for sure in person. But um, I love that you said that because that's one of the things I tell myself is, when I say, why, how, why am I happy some days through this? Like I'm not in a place where I'm not depressed, even though that is one of my fears. And then you get anxious about being depressed. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you said, I'm like, you know, I'll be 49 in July. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where you were, like you said, 10 years ago. I, sometimes, you know, what's really revealing to me. I've been on Facebook since I worked at the University of Louisville a long time ago. So 2006, when it was just for college students and Facebook will do that thing where they're like your memory from eight years ago. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but what will happen is I will see my language in those old posts. And it's some of some days, if I was having a hard day, it was so heavy and so Um, just why sometimes am I bearing the burden of being tired, overwhelmed, not, you know, that I was always, but I could just see sometimes I would, my vulnerability was to say to people, Hey, you know, I'm struggling, which I still do. But the language I used was that it was outside of myself to Mm. something was happening to me. So a circumstance, things do happen to me. My body is a fact that this is happening. It's not something I'm making up. Like you can see x-rays. <laughs> yeah. And you have to be able to feel the pain and suffering and disappointment and pissed offness that you are feeling around that. And I 
am like, okay, so this is a real lesson in self-coaching. What am I making that mean about me and my future? Mm-hmm. But it's like you said about going through this really awful episode a couple of years ago. I mean, that's basically the same thing that has happened to me when, yeah. um, at about the end of 2017, I just, I didn't fall apart. I see it now, but I, I did in a way I was like, you just had to walk through that and be a, at the time a 46 ish year old woman. And you knew so much more. I just thought at the time I was like, why is this happening again? Why is this yeah. happening again? I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um, and I'm worried about going to that again, but I think it's getting back to what you said. This unfolding is me having to deal with probably for sure some past issues, some things about the way I live and maybe treat myself in my brain about yes. a pacing of my life that needs to be different and a, languaging in my brain that needs to be kinder than I might be. Um, and about really taking in life. I'm all about the get on the airplane and go to Italy. And I love being home too, but I just, um, I move quick and I always say I'm wound tight and I love that about me. Yeah. (laughs) But there's a part of me, I know that that needs to come out. The, um, because I think we do it, Laura, because we have to prove to ourselves that we really are worthy. So we use our, I mean, I, I do everything with a sense of urgency. I do everything very fast. You and I, by the way, are, I don't know if you've done the Gallup Strength Finder. Have you mm-hmm. done that? We're going to share our top five strengths because I think they might be I, similar. I have, but I can't remember what they are, but they're always everything I do, whether it's a neogram on the Myers-Briggs, I'm an INFP, which they're like, only 1% of the population is this. Well, I'm like, well, of course. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's always, what career should you be? A healer and a creative person, a writer. And I'm like, all right, well, I made my job. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is like, I think that, I don't know, I I actually used this term and it might've been Carolyn Mace. Do you know Carolyn Mace, the author? She talks a lot about spirituality. And I don't know if she's the one that coined this term. But it's basically called an unraveling. Like uh, in order to have a spiritual shift in your life, you will endure an unraveling in your life. Um, and for me, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm unraveling and it's chaos and I hate it and I don't like it and I'm confused and I feel like I'm an imposter building this course while having these struggles myself. And who am I to tell people how to live their best life when right now I'm laying on my floor crying and I can't drive to Walmart, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that there, for, for people like us who cannot make ourselves slow down, mm-hmm. it's almost like there's this intervention that says, my golly, if you can't make yourself do it, I'm going to do it for you. And then we're going to, you know what I mean? And well, so- I, I will tell you, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, go story, ahead. Girl, you know, that you said that and I was like, oh my goodness, this goes. So with my work with women and helping them check in with themselves and seeing the direction to go, we look for outside cues a lot. Plus the world tells us, hey, we'll tell you what to do, particularly women. And we're like, okay, okay. If I do it right, you yeah. know, then I'll figure it out. But in terms of the body and just life, I say to my clients, your body will always tell you the truth. Mm. And I, this month I was like, listen, Screw that shit. listen. I was <laughs> like, that's my line to other people. That's not for me, but I'm like, you are, I, I said in a 
I'm doing a meetup group and I said at the end of the content I wrote for the description of the group, you know, I was like powerhouse woman. I live what I teach and I teach what I live. So I'm Absolutely. like, which I'm makes like, you the best person to be the yeah. teacher. Honestly, yep. you know, did you ever read the um, big leap by Gay Hendricks? Yes. I just read it. I'm wondering, some, I'm like, is my arthritis an upper limit problem? I know. <laughs> I know. And, and I'm also thinking about people like us who like to move fast, like to do things fast, like to take action, like to be very busy, kind of like to, you know, I'm a competitor, so like I'm not just going to be the girl who runs the race. I'm going to be the girl that, you know, competes in the top 5% of the race and all this silly, crazy, overachieving stuff that I do. But I also know that I have the hidden barrier, which is I'm fatally flawed. There, Like there's a flaw deep inside of me that feels like I am not good enough or whatever. And so I try to keep myself busy and accomplish all of these things and look and feel like the badass woman to cover up the fact that deep inside, I believe I could still be flawed or bad. And so I'm recognizing that and I'm taking steps to work on that. That happens to be one of my barriers is understanding that my value at the end of the day is not based on how many miles I ran, how many workouts I got in, or how many things I accomplished or how much money I made. Right now, Laura, it still is. I'm just going to tell you. It still is, right? But I'm aware. I'm aware of it being an area that needs to have continued work on my life. And so yeah. for you, going back to your situation, you, when you say you looked back at that 2006 memory post or whatever, you know that you are a different woman today than you were in the inside of you is different. Yes. Which doesn't mean you won't go into darkness. It's a possibility. Of course it is. It doesn't mean, but you're, you have a rewiring inside of you that was not there in 2006. Correct. I am becoming more and more, um, just as a person, but as a practitioner of a, I call it a neuroscience geek. I'm fascinated by the brain and the architecture of it and what we can do with our thoughts to like rewire those neurons, neural pathways, and um, that you're creating. I will tell clients when they, they are landing on a thought that does not serve them. Like for me, like this is awful. It's going to get worse. You know, I'm going to get depressed because I'm in pain every day or some days. But I was like, that is a well-worn road for me right now. Yeah. It's yeah. like paved street where the mall is. You just go straight down. You just don't worry about it. But for me to go the other road, the fork in the road, and I'll tell my clients, so you have a different thought that's more empowering, that it's not like an affirmation that you might not be able to leave. There has to be some truth to it that you can be like, all right, I can hang on to that possibility, which for me is, I am going to find a different way to live that I will be, yes. that I will love and embrace. This is a gift for me to slow down. Now that road for me is like taking a four wheeler and going in a bunch of mud. My <laughs> yeah. brain is, my brain is like, girl, we don't do this. <laughs> I know. But you know, the happiness mm -hmm. research is super strong that, um, our external circumstances, which this would be an external circumstance for you that the brain research says that external circumstances contribute to only 
about 10% of our long-term happiness. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you're right. It's like, do you choose eventually, not right now, because obviously you're going to be a little less happy. You're going to let it impede you. You're pissed off. You're angry. You're upset. You're, but like looking at the long-term vision of your life, is it really going to greatly decrease your ability to feel happiness, joy, and fulfillment in your life. And then I have to tell you, this book I'm currently reading is called, I'm looking at my phone right now, it's called Rewire Your Anxious Brain. Ooh, I'm going to show it to you. It's, it says how to use the neuroscience of fear to end anxiety, panic, and worry. I love that. I'm on it now. Let me tell you what, but it's so neat because they talk about the differences between anxiety and panic. So anxiety actually fires from your cerebral cortex, mm -hmm. which is the right behind your forehead. And, and then the, the, the panic more fires from your amygdalas. Well, they call it the amygdala, but there's two of them that are actually behind your eye socket and they both create completely different responses in our body. And so I'm only on like chapter three, but um, I'm really looking, like you said, for those neuroscience uh, strategies that, that, cause it's all about how do I rewire the circuitry in my brain, right? That's what we want to do. Yeah. I think for people like you and me that we, um, live in our emotions that are really strong and gripping and scary, like that yes. back of the, that amygdala, that fight or flight part of yes. us. I think learning solid scientific things a lot of times is really grounding for us. And I've read the book that I'm just like nuts about right now. That's actually helps me a lot. It's Atomic Habits. Um, by oh, James. yes. I yeah. love it. James McCleary. I love it. I'm such a cognitive and, you know, work with your emotions and thoughts and this and it, what he's saying about habits really is about working on your identity and your thoughts. But I just love, you know, the unfolding of doing these things and training your brain and your body and organizing yes. things to support yourself. I find that really healing for me, even though it seems like, oh, you know, you put these things in place and then things work because what it teaches us um, is, and why you and I bounce back, even when we go down the slope, um, I always say, if people said to me, what is the one thing that you feel like you do best when you counsel, coach, teach women? I said, um, helping them learn how to build resilience. Because mm, yeah. you've lived it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when it's not going to go away. Life is not going to go away with all of its twists and turns, but your ability to return to yourself at whatever point this curve in the road is and say, okay, I'm going to move forward and feel the feelings and, you know, figure out a different way to be. You've, you know, resilience, that's what it is. It's not about never feeling credit. Yes. It's about saying, what were you saying about being um, the person that runs all the miles and everything yeah. that, that, you know, that flaw, but that beauty in you that you you pull your, it's like I said about being in the pool today was, you know, oh my gosh, I'm in here. This is so sad. And I was like, look at you. You exactly told all these things that are like, I don't know, that could happen. That could be scary. And you got in the pool and you walked. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. And I learned how to do those things over and over again. That doesn't mean I don't sit there and think I almost cried in the water today because I had some of those thoughts, but I just shifted. Um, I love the word right now, pivot. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I love, I don't, I, I didn't really play sports, but I played basketball a little when I was a girl. And I know, you know, the one thing they teach you is pivot, keep one foot on the ground. Yes. You don't get to run away, but just turn your body oh. with the other one, position the body differently. And that's a really compact, powerful move. And I'm like, well, that's what I learned to do. I don't yes. totally raise my foot off the ground. I really can't right now with my physical issues, but I can turn, literally turn my body and say, well, what can you do? How, yeah. can, how can you live with this? Uh, but not live with this, like ugh, live with this. How can you be with this? I yeah. love that. It's mm-hmm. funny because I, I think like when I, people say, well, what do you do? I teach women how to, how to overcome hard things and still find immense joy in their life. And it's because I've been through really hard things in my life. And so you, and then I use these stories to teach my content, which is exactly what you will do. You will use this eventually as a story, you know, to help others. Um, And then I have to, oh, I have to go back. I have to go all teacher on you a minute. So did you know in the teaching world, like, like school teacher, because I'm a former school teacher. I am too. I was a high school English teacher. You are I was a fourth grade teacher. Oh what? my gosh. Yeah. Oh, we are soul sisters for sure. We are. I know. Oh, we just came out of different vaginas. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, we did. Oh my goodness. Okay. So we have this term. So we, we talk about how a person has like the reading voice, which is reading the words on the page or, or observing something, right? Like there's a lamp with flowers on it in front of me, but the, the metacognition voice, we actually call that the thinking voice. Mm -hmm. And so the thinking voice is the voice that is having thoughts about what it's reading or seeing. Yes. And so I wanted to introduce you to that term and we call that the thinking voice. And I love that story. You're telling yourself about whatever it is you're seeing, perceiving, or experiencing. I love that. I'm going to use that because, you know, not that I'm trying to like elevate everything and go above my clients, but metacognitive, I'm like, sometimes I have a hard time explaining. Sometimes I'll say like the bird's eye view of your brain and reactions, but I love that. The thinking voice, because I tell my clients all the time and people, People don't do this. I said, okay, your homework is, I want you to think about your thoughts. <laughs> yes. And that's and right. download them. You don't have to do anything with them. <laughs> just like, like bring it forward and just put it all out there. Cause it's fascinating. What it going is. And we have there. it running all of the time. I'm like, just think about when that one person texts you and you have a thought, you're like, son of a gun. Do she, is she really asking me to do that? Like that's your, that's your thinking voice. And it's having thoughts about something you just experienced, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's really powerful. Oh my gosh. I think it's so interesting. Again, I think this is just complete divine intervention. I love that we both just showed up to be real today. I love that you're sharing your struggle, that you can be this badass woman who's hitting it out of the ballpark. And you can also be the woman who is unraveling and kind of falling apart on your inside at the same time, which is how all of us as human beings, this, this is life and it's real and it helps to hear, especially a woman who is as powerful as you. It really does help to just normalize it for the rest of us. And so I appreciate that you were willing to go there with us today. I'm just, I'm just delighted by this. You helped um, this conversation because I came home and today and I was kind of aching a little bit. I was like, oh God, should I walked in the water and you go through all of that stuff. And 
I truly believe, I mean, this is a prime example. When I'm talking to you, I'm sharing the story, I'm laughing, those chemicals in my brain, you and I are the neuroscience girls. It's releasing that into my body. And I feel physically not all the way better, but I feel better. Yeah. And so that is what all of this will do for you. The vulnerability, the unlocking things, putting it out there. What's the truth about you, which is that it's, it's hard for you. It's, it hurts. It's painful, your brain or your body, but wow, you can also be powerful too. It all works together. So yeah, it does. And so people who want to find out more about you, where can they go to find you, Miss Laura? Well, they can go to my website, which is www.laura, there's a dash or hyphen, Wagner, W-A-G-N-E-R.com. I married a husband with a very common last name, and I was like, <laughs> I can't have the URL I want, but people find it all the time. You can also find me on Instagram. I am really loving Instagram these days. Um, it, it's at Laura Wagner 71 that's my birth year. Um, I like it when I don't feel like getting in the conversation ah, stuff yes. with Facebook that I like an image or just a more short comment that, that you just put out there into the world. And I love doing the Instagram stories. So you could follow I am on. really loving Instagram stories too. They are so fun. It's like making a little movie of my day there. And I can be so, I think I'm so hilarious and yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I, I think like I, I'm really good at like seeing Oh, this would be a great thing to add to my Instagram story. So we'll so, have to keep, we'll have to start clicking on each other's every day to see what we're yeah. up to. Because I'm Kim Strobel Joy on mine. Well, I found you there. And then um, also, you know, Facebook, I am there. That is like where a lot of people I connect with begin. And there's my professional site, Laura Wagner Life Coaching. But you can also, I take in friends all the time. And my name is, it's Laura McCauley Wagner, which. Okay. And we'll drop all that, that in the show. I would have had that URL. If yeah, I you would have, you would have. So this is Mac, maybe going to be a little bit of a challenge for you, which I think we like a challenge. So I always end each podcast episode by asking, what are you currently doing to reach for more joy in your life? Mm. And so I think this is a good time for us to talk about that. What are you going to do or are doing to find a little bit more joy in your life? That is such a good question because I think what I've been telling myself is what can I find that will help me tolerate, feel a little better? Um, I think it's probably doing things like, I was thinking about this today. So with my fitness stuff that I'm doing, I love group exercise. So my cohort of people and friends that I've had, I'm like, I've lost them or I haven't lost, lost them, but I'm not with them anymore. I'm with like the 70 year olds. Those are my people. I love them. And, and that's fine. But I'm like, that is so heavy to me. But I also thought today it made me feel so joyful. I was like, text these women as a group and say, Let's set for the next six months a day where we can go to brunch. And if you can make it great. And if you can't, you can't that month. And that brought me a lot of joy that I'm like, you have not lost certain parts of your life. It's changed and you need to interact in a different way. But also what brings me joy is, is like really great self-care. I love things like massages. Those things help me. So anything that I can do to really 
you know, it sounds like pain relief, but it, it just floods my body with, um, I just yeah. feel so I'm good. headed to get a massage right after this. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, now I'm like, well, this is medically necessary. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I have to tell you, um, so one of the, it's funny that you and I have a little bit of a similar path here, but I, in order to slow down, I have been told and had a million signs from the universe that I need to start doing yoga. So I went to yoga class this week and I was the youngest one in the class. The rest were between 70 and 85 years old. And I could only stretch about 25% as well as what they all could. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. But I was like, Amazing. this is exactly where I need to be. And so I'm really, I'm actually shifting my whole running schedule so that I can now hit two yoga classes a week because I absolutely need the slowness and the groundedness. And it doesn't mean that I have to sweat and, and do all these crazy muscle movements in order to get a workout, you know? I know. I mean, that's what I'm learning. And, you know, I'm keep telling myself, I'm like, oh, I'm so young to be go. And everybody does. Doctors tell me that the older people in the pool are like, what are you doing in here? You're just so young. I'm like, God, if one more person tells me that, <laughs> but what I know, it's not something I want to hold over people, but I know my people our age that, you know, are in their forties, mid forties. Yeah. I'm like, I am experiencing something that they might, I, I hope not, but they might experience 20, 25 years from right, now. Right. So there's some kind of wisdom that I'm gaining that, you know, I don't know. i probably will still be doing what I'm doing, helping people. Um, but you know, knowing the path that, you know, how hard that is when my friends as we age, because our, and what I'm learning too, our bodies are not meant to be here for forever. I, know. I mean, um, and that's okay. I mean, it's sort of, if I can look at it and reframe it, this might sound weird. It's kind of a beautiful process, how, you know, what you're born with. And that's one of my signature lines. It's really my mission is, um, this is the only thing that you own, this vessel that carries you every day. It's, it's with you from your first breath you take when you're a baby and the last one that I you take when I hope you're a really old lady who dies in bed surrounded by love. Um, how are you going to take care of this? Yes. How are you going to love it and what experiences are you going to give it? And boy, more, more than ever, Kim, I really mean that. Yeah, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking care of your vessel, even though it feels like you shouldn't be having to do what you're having to do. The bottom line is you're doing it. You showed up, you went to the pool, you did your walking in the pool. You're showing up in a way that your body needs you to right now. And I'll have a whole new clientele when I'm like 70 of all these people who are like, I'm falling apart. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, listen, I got two new knees and everything's going to be fine. And <laughs> you're going to write a book about this anyway. So all is good. Oh my gosh, Laura. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being on this show and sharing your vulnerability and having the courage just to do what I call step into um, you know, the arena, step into the arena of bigness. And that's what you're doing. You're stepping into the arena of the bigness of who you are as a woman. So I thank you for that. This brought me so much joy. That is what you do. And um, <laughs> thank you. I, I just am so honored and delighted. Thank you for this. Whoop, whoop. We did it. Thank you so much for joining me on the She Finds Joy podcast today. I'm super honored to share this space with you, and I hope you learned something new and helpful. As always, 
This conversation will be continued in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy to connect with other joy seekers just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time joining the show, know that I am here every Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can go to that directly if you go to kimstrobel.com forward slash podcast. That will put you in Apple Podcast where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down just a little bit, you will be able to leave that five-star review and just leave me a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. It really helps me. If you let me know how the show has impacted you and how you are striving for more joy in your life, you might be nominated to be the Joyful Woman of the Week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more women unleash their happiness one daring day at a time. So please take a screenshot on your phone, share it out on social media, tag your friends, tag me at Kim Strobel Joy on Instagram or in our Facebook group, kimstrobel.com forward slash she finds joy. I'm quick to reply and I am super eager to send you some Facebook love. It makes my heart happy to be able to connect and surround myself with other women who are all ready to do this work. So thanks for being here and I'll be back next week. Until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you know that you are enough just as you are. Here's to finding more joy.